Hello guys and a very warm welcome to another episode of the Ben Moore Podcast. Now in today's show I'm delighted, in fact I go as far to say that I'm absolutely over the moon to be able to introduce you to today's remarkable guest and that guest is none other than our very own Kirk Shepherd. Now for those of you who haven't spoken to Kirk, worked with Kirk or had an insight into Kirk's story before this point, what you're about to learn is that Kirk is a truly remarkable estate agent. But more than that Kirk is a truly remarkable individual full stop. Kirk is somebody who's overcome incredible adversity and setbacks quite literally from the moment he was born and has battled through to become the inspiring man that he is today. Now what you will find out is that Kirk is very humble, he's very grounded and he's somebody who doesn't like to broadcast his own successes. It's fair to say that Kirk is somebody who doesn't like to toot his own horn but Kirk if you're listening I'm about to toot that horn for you because your story is one that absolutely has to be told. Now here at EXP Kirk is somewhat of a folk hero having started his business from scratch in a brand new area. He launched in a market where he's got no prior experience, no connections, no database and no proof of concepts. Until very recently, Kirk worked overnight shifts in a factory just to put food on the table for his family whilst he built his business. And boy, has that business built. Now, in just six months, Kirk has gone from a pipeline of zero to over £120,000 with little to no budget. A remarkable example of what can be achieved if you recognise your own self-worth and you overcome your own objections and refuse to take no as an answer. Now, today's pod ran for over an hour, so I'm going to let Kirk tell his own story. This is an episode that's absolutely packed with value, with actionable tips and inspiration from the word go. I will apologise for the poor audio quality in the first few minutes of today's episode, but it does improve thereafter. So with that said, get your pen and your paper as we explore all things Kirk Shepherd. Welcome to today's episode. Three, two, one. Okay, I think we're rolling. <laughs> so, Kirk, welcome to the podcast, mate. Absolute pleasure to have you on. I'm really excited to pick your brains and have a chat with you about all things property and Kirk Shepherd. So, welcome. <laughs> no, thank you. Thanks for having me, Ben. Not a problem. So, Kirk, just to get stuck straight into this, obviously, I know you really well. I've had the privilege of, of speaking to you and, and working with you, and even had you as a client for a period of time. So, I know your backstory fairly well. But for those people who maybe aren't familiar with you, they've never spoke to you or heard of you before, um, tell us a little bit about the background of Kirk Shepherd. Yeah. So, <laughs> this this might take up your whole podcast, but I'll, I'll try and keep it short as I can. Um, yeah. So basically. I've got a military background in, in sort of the, 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 I did 12 years in, in the army um, as a medic. Um, obviously, that was my lifelong ambition um, to, to be in the army, be a medic, and I sort of fulfilled my dream. Um, part of that dream was to obviously progress through the military as, as, as high as I could, or there was a specific route that I wanted to go through the military, and that was to work with special forces, which um, within eight years of, of being in the military, I actually fulfilled that ambition so I, I did achieve all my goals um, obviously left the military on medical grounds there was I went through a lot of deployments you see so uh, there was a lot of mental health issues in terms of PTSD uh, we witnessed a lot of stuff out in the likes of Afghanistan and all the other oper- operational tours we did so um, but that's a that's a long story for another day um, but 
Um, to that, we I ended up coming out of the military, and um, I had to find another career path. So I decided to become an estate agent. Don't ask me why. The reason why is I I fell into the into the estate agency, and what I mean by that, I met a friend that owned an estate agency. He was he was I was out uptown shopping, bumped into him, got chatting. He said, um, "We're after a sales manager. Um, ours has just left." Obviously, you're ex-military, you know systems, you, you know how to implement the tools, um, and you know how to manage people. So come on, see how you can do, and, and, and see, see what, see what, um, see what you can do, basically, with the sales department. So I went in, so I just basically had no knowledge. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about property. I didn't know anything about sales, lettings. Um, and I'm sat in front of this computer, day one. Uh, I've got valuation requests coming through. I've got a solicitor's ring, you know, or solicitors to ring up and, and see where these sales were. Um, and I just got on with it. Um, and basically at the time, the, the agent I was working with, they were, I wouldn't say they were losing money, but it was, it was costing them about 10 grand a month to keep that sales department running. They were, they're a massive letting agent, you see. So it was all about lettings. Sales was, was a tiny little add on. Um, and then within a short period of time, we, we turned it round and, and rather than them sort of, spending that money each month and, and losing money, so to speak, it was, it was, we were making money. Um, and from, from there, I realized that there was a, a bit of a talent for, um, not, not a talent. I had more of a, I had a passion for, for helping people, which is my medical background. And this was another way to do that. Um, I know it seems a bit strange selling houses, but it, it, it was another platform for me to, rise to the top again I, I could it was the only time since leaving the military I, I had focus where I thought you know what I can go far here um, and from day one the, the plan was to learn um, I think the term is um, obviously learn the, 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 the learning process. side yeah the process is basically I, I needed to learn but the end goal was I thought you know what I could have my own business doing this that, that was the angle. I thought, you know, looking at the people around me at the time, um, there was very little of, of mentors or inspiration. It was, I was looking at people thinking, if these guys are doing this and they, they're managing a, um, an agency or they own agencies, I can do this. Yeah. There was no doubt in my mind. This, this was it. Um, and I guess, I guess so that, that was it. I was just on the... On the trajectory, I guess that kind of takes us roughly speaking to kind of where we are now, but we'll kind of delve into that in a bit more detail soon. But before we get there, I just want to take it back a few steps and I want to pick up on that first piece about going into the military because knowing you like I do and having the privilege of speaking to you and talking to you quite openly and candidly over the years, I think that's quite an important um, an important kind of milestone in your life that's led you to the point where you are today. So what I want to do is kind of educate myself really on bits that I don't know. What was it that initially made you think I want to go into the military? Was it kind of a case of you had no other career prospects and that felt like the only option? Was it the travel? Was it something where you, you you had an uh, you had it in hate built into you that you wanted to make a difference was it more you've always been a process guy what what was it that made you think you know what screw this i'm going to get off civic street and i'm going to join the forces what 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 drove that decision in your early years uh, the, the the driving force for that decision was was basically my my upbringing as, as a kid obviously um in terms of i, I went through the care system um 
from about the age of, I think we went, in, I went into care, I get to that, um, I lived obviously with my, who was my real mum, um, and obviously there was a lot of issues there which ended up leading to her people will always find amazing but um one of my earliest memories was being put on a train by my real mom at the age of about two or three year old she asked someone to basically look after me get me a, a transfer um at manchester to books station this time and all i had was a bottle and a little bag with me and someone she didn't even know to sort of guide me up there so that was that's one of my first memories so it was very very troubled uh, childhood and obviously i got to my my real dad's where he already had a family in play um and from there i ended up going to foster care so that that's a basic brief sort of brush over obviously um in terms of going into detail i'm happy to to, to talk about that side of it in more detail but i think it'd take away from what yeah we're... of course mate of course of course but so it was kind of like that was, was it kind of like, I guess, a calling going into the military then? Was it almost like um, a new family, I guess, or a new, a new, a new community? Is that, was that kind of... No, it was, it was like most people in the military, the, 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 um, it, was, it was forged in, in um, a troubled upbringing, which most people have in the military. Not all people, but you see a lot of it. Um, care background, um, a, a, sort of really bad starts in life and that that's what it was it was it was almost like we had such a bad um sort of start in life um it was the only option going through school so we we obviously eventually got in the care system so from the age of three to six schooling was hit and miss i don't really remember much but then i got into foster care and i remember getting sent to uh, the local school, so my um, foster carers, which are now, I class as my mum and dad, so Lynn and Les, um, they, they brought me up for, for obviously being six all the way up, so everything that I am today sort of falls on them, um, which <laughs> luckily I've turned out well, but no, they, they did they did obviously the best job they could um, with with such a, a, a childhood as I had. We got to um, got to school. I just didn't know it. There was no I, there was no sort of set boundaries. It was very it was it was very difficult. Um, knowing what I know now, um, I, my learning style is very different. So I'm more of an audio person. I like to listen. Um, I'm not really someone that picks up and physically reads a book, but if I listen to audio, it goes in first time. Didn't know that back then. We were just called naughty. We were just called naughty kids. There wasn't even ADHD or all these um, diagnoses that, that children are getting now at school. It wasn't that back then. It was just the bad kids. Give them a clip around the ear. Get home. Then you get another clip around the ear, and that that just reinforced the what sort of what I became. And and to be honest, I always say this to people: the military was easy. It was easy. Basic training was easy. All the courses I ever did were easy. Do you know why? Because there was a set outcome. I didn't have to, I, I didn't even feel like I had to work hard for it because they wanted you there. As long as you wanted to be there and you was going to give 110%, they wanted you there. You were never going to fail yeah. if you wanted it. The only way you're going to fail is by quitting or a, a nasty injury. That was, the only, that was the only way you were going to fail. But obviously my life up to that point 
the failures weren't necessarily on me. It was on the 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 structure behind you, the the adults and the people that were supposed to protect and look after you didn't do their job. Um, so then you move into this military, and it is a family. Look, you, you've got your people still to this day. They're, they're brothers and sisters. There's people I've been through stuff um, with on, on in Afghanistan or other operational tours all over the world that you'll never experience with any other human being ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feelings of the, the the emotional aspects of it. Just seeing someone. Just, I, I always remember. Uh, you'll kill me for this, Greedy, but really top mate of mine. And we were we got sent out in an operation. I think it was I forget what the operation was. Massive operation in Afghanistan. So it was it was a massive build up to it. We got out there and I, I had my kit on. I was with I forget what unit I was with, but it was just me as a medic. And that feeling is almost like a feeling of right, you are it. There's no doctors. There's no nurses. If something goes wrong, you are the man. You are the one that's got to get on and do it. Anyway, dropped into this um, uh, base. Walked into this big hangar where everyone was sleeping. Greedy was there. And the, the, the feeling of such like emotion and joy. He was another medic, you see, someone that I trained with, um, been in the army, and, and just straight away you've got that. It's almost like a sense of relief. There's two of you then. Familiarity, that, yeah, yeah. That's what the army is the army's all about. And it's all about anyone anyone that's next to you is, is willing to die for you. And I know it seems a bit of a cliche that, but they genuinely know they, that that's part and parcel of it you know that bloke is going to give his life and vice versa, you'll do exactly the same. Um, yeah, and that's, that for me, that structure, that um, familiar, familiar, I can't even say the word, um, but that... Familiarity. That <laughs> I struggle with it myself. <laughs> that, that, um, that, whole, that whole structure of the military, it's very powerful. And it, it is, it does institutionalise you because the real world isn't like the military. Yeah, it is. You, you've got you're clothed, you're fed. You, there's a roof over your head. You've still got a massive paycheck at the end of each month, which is your money. Um, and it's just yeah, it's it's a lifestyle. And I guess it's, it's that. Um, it, it sounds really. I mean, I can only imagine because obviously I've never actually served um, in the military myself, but I can only imagine that kind of that 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 sense of community that belonging that that kind of brotherhood if you will i'd imagine that's like the extreme of what we talk about when we talk about like company cultures i'd imagine it's that to the absolute millionth degree like beyond uh, beyond imagination in the corporate world so i guess that kind of going through that process give you some good foundations albeit you wasn't doing that to go into business or to be an estate agent certainly i'm sure it wasn't on your radar at that point what did you take from that whole kind of process that's now been transferable to helping you sort of climb the corporate ladder in the way that you have done over the course of the last few years to get you into the position that you're in yeah just systems tools people that's what the army is. That's all it is. They, 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 they take the people, they, they train the people, they then give you systems which, which you, you abide by and then the tools. So the, the army, a lot of people don't realise in the army you have daily orders and then monthly orders. So as you walk into the, mili- into the, um, so the, the squadron lines, you walk in the squadron lines on a board that there is your daily orders. So it's a daily, every day someone writes them orders, be it the, everyone has input, the OC, 2IC, and they will tell you what you're doing for that day. That is your structure. Same again with the monthly side of it. This is what we're going to be doing for the, for the, for the month. So weekly, monthly, um, it, 
it's 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 a very sort of structure and then they give you stuff like the uniforms the weapon systems the medical kit and so you've got all the tools there then they put you through the training process so people said to me oh was, was your PTSD uh, medically, medical related? Was it the trauma? Don't get me wrong. We saw some huge trauma. Um, everything from bilateral amputees I've dealt with to the most horrific injuries that you could imagine. But it wasn't because we were highly trained for that. The training was day in, day out on dummies. So it so almost you, kind of numbed you to it so you prepared yeah, when you went in. Yeah, you're that, you're that set in your mind because you've got certain protocols to work through everything's structured in the army there's a mnemonic for everything it's just very simple they keep it simple so that anyone can do it um and yeah that was that that's that's what i took away from it is to really get the best out of people you've got to give them you've got to give them the systems you've got to give them the tools you've got to give them the training and if you do that then you should in theory get get someone that's going to do that job to the highest standard. But these people in the army are there because they've had to fight from day one. They've had to get through basic training, phase two training. So the process itself has built them up to, to be at the, the height of the game. So fitness, the, the fittest people in there, the, 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 the people with the, the knowledge because they've done the training. You come into Civvy Street and you don't necessarily find that. You find that people with a lot of ambition but they've never really pushed themselves. Yeah. That you, you, until you push yourself to the absolute limit, you don't really know who you are. That's, that's what I believe. Mm. Are you, are you a quitter? Are you a survivor? How are you going to react if you put in a fight or flight mode, fight, fight, flight, freeze? Nobody knows until you actually done it. I've been put in that position a thousand times, so I know exactly how I react, but Every time is different. Every time is different. Um, but it's about just, I think when you put in them situations that people talk about courage a lot. Um, and in the military, people don't realize you have, you have your core values. So d- discipline, respect for others, integrity, loyalty, um, selfless commitment. And it, it goes on and on. And you, you stick to these core values and, and it's drilled into you, the core values. You come on to, into, into sort of civilian life and you don't see that the amount of people that just lose their heads at the first moment. And I always say, it's funny. People will be like, Oh, this, this deal's taken ages to go through. And I'll be thinking, yeah, but you're not in the middle of a gunfight treating someone that's just been shot through the shoulder or whatever. That's pressure. Yeah. That that's real pressure. And that's probably why my mentality is completely different. Yeah, because I guess you, you've got that <clears throat> quite a unique sort of benchmark of comparison to put things into perspective because let's face it, like everyone, and I'm guilty of it myself, mate, when, when you're caught up in the, in the day-to-day and you've just had like a very difficult client or something's going out of sync, you're not converting, you feel, it, it feels like the biggest thing in the world in that particular moment. But I guess that ability to be able to kind of step back and think, well, hang about, let's put it in perspective. Where was it this time a decade ago? or whatever else it kind of allows you to really put it into focus and move forward with you with your chin held high i guess rather than getting bogged down in in, in stuff that really isn't that important in a bigger picture yeah exactly and i think you that's why you've got to be, you've got to be thankful every day so you've got you've got to wake up and say thank you for for the things you've got because you've got to remember living the life we do just simply having three meals a day 
full meals a day. There's so many people on this planet that don't even get that privilege. And we jump in our car and say, oh God, I'm driving around in a 10-year-old BMW. Why can't I get a new car? What, what's wrong with me? Why haven't I got the money for this? Oh, my, my computer's just freeze. My iPhone's got no signal. And you've just got to stop and say, thank you for my iPhone. Thank you for my car. Thank you for the things I've got. Because if you're not thankful, you're never going to go anywhere. Exactly. You're, not, you're dead in the water. Yeah, it's not that, it's because I think as well, <clears throat> the other side of it is like when you're always looking at what could be, I mean, don't get me wrong, I think it's good to have goals and ambition and want to better yourself and kind of move up and get yourself to that next level, whatever success looks like for you. But if you're constantly, if you're constantly distracted, if you're constantly chasing, if you're constantly not enjoying the moment that you're in, you're never truly happy. And if you're not happy and tuned in, then you're never going to be 100%. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like you said, actually, I think you said a few minutes ago, unless you push the boundaries of, 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 of where you're at, you won't ever know what you're truly capable of. So I think it's important to always bear in mind that you don't get growth in the comfort zone. That's first and foremost. It's important you are pushing and challenging yourself. But if you're not grateful for what you've already got, you're not appreciating how far you've already come, how can you really appreciate yourself and your own capabilities and have that confidence to be able to push forward and achieve that potential? So it's quite an interesting dynamic. Yeah, 100%, because it's, I, 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 I use, obviously, Saudi Arabia as an example, Afghanistan, all these countries that we've been to, and these people don't have running water, they don't have electricity in, in certain areas, but you'll go in their home and they'll make you tea, they'll feed you the food that they have, and they, they give, 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 and they don't ex expect anything back. But they know that they're giving. And that, yes, some of it comes down to religious beliefs or whatever. But at the end of the day, it comes down to faith. So be that religious or what, however you look at it, spiritual. But they know whatever they give to you, they're going to get back in abundance. They know that. And that's why they're so happy. They're the happiest. But some, some of the happiest people on the planet, mate. Yeah. They haven't got phones. They haven't got TV. They haven't got running water. They haven't got electricity. They've got soldiers in the backyard that have been there for the last... For 400 years on and off, but they're the, made the smiles on the faces. They actually interact, they tell stories, they, they like being around each other. There's no uh, distractions of social media and anything like that. Or, and it's just it's, to see it. It's the, it's part, the power of a state of mind. Like, because if you, any normal person off the street, for example, off Civil Street in the UK, you put them in that situation, it's Oh my God, the skies are, skies are grey, there's soldiers around with guns, everything's, this is, this is absolute carnage, this is horrible. But they've become so numb to that environment and so used to it that they've chosen to have a mindset that they're not going to let it bring them down and they're going to be happy, they're going to embrace it, they're going to make the most of it and enjoy the people that, with it, that they're with. And it's kind of, it, it's, it's a bit humbling really and it kind of makes you feel for a second when you catch yourself bitching about the small things the trivial things in life and you kind of look at how good we've got it compared to other people it really grounds you man it's a it's 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 an insane comparison it puts things into perspective and that's that you know what and this is this is this is the power of of, of the world the universe however you want to look at it back for such a bad upbringing and background and, and where we where I've come from to have the, what the army did it gave me the privilege of, of seeing that them humbling surroundings yes it was in a war environment yes we had to go through stuff that you wouldn't wish on anyone but the contrast yes yeah. you've been through this now we're going to show you real pain real anguish but then joy in in, in between that um 
And then now that allows me to step away, come outside and think, you know what? I've got a great missus. I love all my kids. I've got a car. I've got a computer. I've got the opportunity to, to, to settle, run and establish a, a business that, that can create true wealth, be that money, financial, time, all the other benefits that come with, come with, with, with owning your own business or being self-employed. So yeah, it's just crazy you've just got to the more thankful you are the better you'll do yeah no agreed mate agreed and i guess that kind of serves as quite a nice little segue really so kind of going from from the past to the here and now so you give us a bit of a synopsis before uh, you came out obviously ptsd you had your own demons to battle and i'm sure it was a hell of an adjustment trying to get back to quote unquote normal life and um, but then you've kind of come through the corporate ranks you've worked in a hybrid space and it's kind of come full circle now to you truly setting up by yourself and moving forward with your future so um how did that come about talk me through that process did you find it a difficult adjustment going into the corporate world or was it was it was it really easy because you felt as if the structure was lacking compared to what you'd experienced what was that kind of transition like how did you cope with that I, I've, I've always had the mindset of give any, anything a go and you just give you give your best. Um, my, my my knowledge base now to then, I, I would say I was very naive then, but that naivety served me well because people in the office weren't willing to knock the doors. They weren't willing to hand deliver letters. They weren't willing to speak to people on the street. They weren't willing to give every single person you meet a business card and tell them what you do because they thought we're estate agents or people hate us. I was naive to it. I'd never bought or sold a house. I, I didn't know why estate agents had a bad name or reputation. So I didn't care. Well, people didn't care because I was open and front. I was knocking on doors. My first three, three listings I ever listed, I literally one door I knocked on. I knocked on this door and they, they were on with your move at the time. So I banged on this door in Preston. This woman answered the door. I just thought, do you know what, Kurt? Just smile at her. Smiled, she smiled back and I said, and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, how are you getting on with your current agent? And she went, they're dreadful. And that light bulb, it was just like, bing, I'm in. So I said, okay, so what, what's going wrong? What, what aren't they doing? She said, come in, come in for a break obviously asked me who I was and said yeah Kirk I'm from this estate agency but went in for a brew sat there and within 45 minutes I had her property that was on the market and two of her mum's properties her mum had gone into a care home and she had a rental property in the property she was living I left with three listings I sold all three of them within two weeks mate gone and all we did was we tidied the advert or quick price change and they were, they were sold everyone in our office was like this was this this was straight away me walking in to that that sale manager position. I use it very lightly because I didn't know what I was doing. And people were gobsmacked. It was like it's a miracle. What's going on? I said it's not a miracle. I'm just getting off my backside. Door knocking. So what do they do every single day? Then I was knocking on people's doors and they were giving me listings. How are you getting on with your current agent? Oh, they're dreadful. There was there was three answers. They're dreadful. Um, they they they're really good or. Um, they're okay. So if I got the dreadful or okay, I was through the door. If I got the really good, I'd just say, well, it doesn't look like I can help you at the time. There's a business card if you need me in the future. And then walk yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. On to the next one. 25% then probably would call you in the future. Because at some point, if that agent doesn't sell the house, they're asking questions. And the first person they're going to come back to is you, because you're the one that's, that's took the time out. I know there's other methods that people talk about, and yeah, it's great, but that's what worked for me initially. It was just a simple, how are you getting on with your agent? 
Yeah, yeah. And kind of coming yeah. through to today then, because obviously I've got the privilege of, of working with you. Obviously, we're both the XP agents, so we're, we're partners in that respect and we speak quite a lot. It's still that that process, uh, that process-driven um, methodology, I guess, that's kind of got you to the point that you're at now. So it's interesting that obviously, whether your processes are making your bed in the morning, ironing your uniform, doing you know, a 60 minute workout in, in, in the gym at military or whether your processes are knocking on 50 doors or handing out business cards or whether your processes are like now where we get today with the XP, you've got your set processes, which is senior. And I know you're quite a humble guy. You're not, you know, you're not very outspoken on social media. You keep yourself to yourself. So I almost feel embarrassed really kind of bigging you up because I know that that's not your style, but I'll, I'll talk for you. You've built one hell of a business and one hell of a pipeline and a great reputation within the EXP community and in your local market in what, a six, seven month period? Has it even been that long? Um, talk, talk me through your mentality coming into EXP, what you decided was the strategy was going to be and why and what you followed to get to the point that you're at. So for the last six years, and um, I've basically been working to learn that's that I, I i didn't go into any of my positions over the last six years to make money that wasn't my mindset i didn't start off with a state agency right i want to be i want to be a millionaire or i want to make 100 grand or whatever my mindset was i'm going to take on a number of positions so i i, I almost had a i always had my plan so the plan was well the first part of the plan just happened so i'd be that so maybe I was putting signals out there and, and I'd fell into that job. So when I hit that job, the goal wasn't to make money. From that point on, I thought, right, I'm going to have my own business. How do I get there effectively, obviously, as quickly as I can? Um, and where do, how, how do I do this? So I was working to learn. So my, my whole mindset was you've, you've done high street um, estate agency then I moved on, the opportunity became available for the hybrid. And I thought what the hybrid's going to give me is access to more doors and more people. And Yopa put me through more, I was probably doing three to five appointments a day, seven days a week for two years or two and a half years, straight, all the way through. So I, I got in front, my, my script went from being very rehearsed to almost just flowing within within the space of six to 12 months and i still use the same script today i still use the same everything i say was was um was was learned at yopa and i saw what worked i saw what didn't work i would mix it up i would test things and even at yopa i think i don't still to this day i don't i might be completely wrong but i think we most listings in a month i think i did about 30 something i think that record still stands but that was that was that wasn't me going out saying I want to be the best. I want to hit the top results. That was me just going. I want to get in front of the right amount of people. Um, so I did that for for two two and a half years at Yopa, and then I moved into business sales. So I said, right, what other angle can we hit here? And I went and worked for a company selling um, businesses. So that was a very different, more on the phones, speaking to business owners, really sort of learning that side of the game um, and then I went over to property auction um, and did that for what 12 months and really sort of got got my teeth stuck into that and to be honest the auction taught me that there are so many different angles to leverage fee and also so many different angles to, to leverage price so I learned a lot at auction that I wouldn't have got from a uh, independent or 
um, uh, a, a hybrid agent. I wouldn't yeah. have got that information. So that that was it. It was working to learn. Now we've we've got the business, the the models. Look, I'll be honest with you. There's probably there's probably three three models that I was looking at. I was looking at investor setting up my own estate agency, and then obviously EXP. And I spoke to the guys at um, Keller as well. So they were the three angles. For me, the the self-employed model was was the top tier because what we're now moving into phase two which is working to earn so this this is we've done the learning phase we're now working to earn phase so i had to choose what i thought would be the obviously the most beneficial in terms of of, of money that that's what it came down because we're working to earn now we've just sacrificed six years on very low money um, sort of not struggling, but just just getting by. Um, so yeah, so then we, we we're now in that this phase, and it was a no-brainer. Really. I spoke to a few investors about setting up agencies; they were all over it. And to be honest, I could have took there was offers there for 100, 200 grand to go and set up an estate agency, but I was then tied to them. I was to get that money back. Then they were always going to be part of the business. Even once they had their, their money back, they were always going to take a percentage. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. EXP are offering the same thing. Yes, they're not offering me 100 grand on money, but they're offering to the platform and with a, with a, with a better share option in terms of the, the split. So I thought, well, hang on, let's, let's work this out. So I spoke to them. Obviously, I spoke to the, the other guys, but <clears throat> it, it felt like a sales pitch from them. You, obviously, it was yourself that I spoke to. You were yeah. like, hey, this is great. This is why I've done it. There's the model. See you later. The other side of it, and I've said this to them, look, they listen to this, whatever. They're really good guys. Um, I believe they would do absolutely, they'd go out of the way for you. But it did feel like a sales pitch. It felt very rehearsed and it was very sort of pulled in. You just went, Kurt, there's the information, get on with it. You're a smart guy. You work it out for yourself. Yeah. And obviously, back we, we did, but um, yeah, looking back on it now, I don't even know why there was a thought process in it. I think it was just new, it was new. I think that it, the model was new, it was well, it wasn't new, but it was new to 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 have my mindset. It was, it was, it was new. I was thinking, right, why are they doing this? Why are they going to give us access to these portals? Why are they going to give us this operating system? Why are they going to give us all this? workplace with 30,000 agents you can speak to and the Vibra world and, and everything else I just thought why what are they getting out of it that's um, that mate that's 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 genuinely the biggest objection it's, it's it sounds too good to be true how do we get all this for only you know for the quite the the modest splits that exp take it's a uh, it's crazy, but I guess that's an indication of the world that we live in. That's how the model has evolved. It's nothing revolutionary. You know, you've got like your likes of PB and the Yopers who kind of bear the educational costs of teaching the market that you don't have to work to the conventional nine to five. This structure exists. You can what you, you can do things, quote unquote, self-employed. But this for me is kind of like that next evolution where it truly puts the freedom, the autonomy, that creative and, and direct to control on the entrepreneur to go ahead and build a business by design rather than working to someone else's term structure or pitch, you know? Yeah. The, de the decision maker for me, for, for the XP model, I was asking why, why, why? And there was one book that answered the question. It didn't directly answer the question, but I read this book and I thought, 
now the model makes more sense. And it was the 80-20 principle. So the 80-20 principle talks about the majority of people, the majority of the time, put 80% in, but ever, only ever get 20% out. But the idea is you flip that. And it, that's when it made sense, because I thought, hang on a minute, and this is, this, this is slightly depressing. This is the reason I don't do social media. I don't like to push on people what's happening. And um, I, I'm all about empowering people. I don't want to sit there going, this is I'm doing amazing earning this you're you're rubbish because you sat in a state agency still six months ago i was a broke loser just like you (laughs) i don't don't, don't do that but and the main reason is that book changed my mindset i genuinely mate genuinely i work about three hours a day and i built a six six figure pipeline mate we had this exact conversation last week, then, because I was saying like it's crazy because once you've got the right clients and you're getting the right fees, and I don't mind saying it, my average listing fee at the minute is about seven k. Your average listing fee is probably three times that because you're absolutely crushing it up in your market. But it's crazy when you kind of track it back. You know, there's a million ways to win a hundred grand, right? You can charge a hundred clients a thousand pound, one client a hundred grand. You can do ten clients at ten grand. It's up to you how you want to kind of skin the cat. But once you get the economics right in terms of the work-life balance, how much time do I want to invest? How many clients do I want to work with? What fees do I need to be charging to hit my financial targets? Once you reverse engineer it, you start with what you want to achieve and you build it back and you work out how that looks in a practical sense. You can actually get to that stage where you're not a slave to the business. You're working three, four, five hours a day, whatever it is that you want to do. You're making sure you've got your Sundays off to spend it with the family or however you want to skin it without being a busy fool. But I don't know about you, Kirk. You're probably better at this than me. But because I've been so busy and I've been a whirlwind and I've been through the, the hamster wheel of starting my own businesses. I was in my 20s. It was about market share. Let's chase scale. I was always busy doing stuff but not actually being productive. So when I've come to a point in my life now where I have got that work-life balance, I have got more time for myself, I almost struggle to make that paradigm shift in my own mind because I feel as though I'm not being productive enough or there's something that I should be doing or should I be doing something with this extra time that I've got. But really, it's just kind of a case of you're, just, you're not working any less hard, you're just being smart in terms of the way that you're doing things and there's a big difference. Yeah, and that's why you've got to read the book. Read the 80-20 principle because... It then it, it, it almost gives you that it's okay not to be a busy for it's okay not to be running your backside off. That's okay as long as the results are happening. Yeah, it doesn't matter how how it's happening. And that that mind shift for me, and it all happened with the business plan because most people and I, and it, this should be pushed and pushed and pushed. But the business plan is, is, is critical. It's absolutely critical because we said at the beginning, this is our minimum fee. This is the minimum uh, type and, and price of property we're going to take on. Look, the plan has gone out. The, the plan sort of, and the reason for this is, we take, yeah, we take on these properties and then uh, you sell them, you do a really good job, and then properties then refer another five properties to you. But don't then don't necessarily sit in, in, in your business plan. What do you do? Say no. Yeah, if the property's not right and it's and it's you know you're not going to sell it, walk away. I, I, I do that a hell of a lot. I try to do as much. I try to get them in a position to sell. I, I try to explain, look, if you do some work, then we'll be able to get in it. But sometimes, and more often than not, I genuinely don't want to work with the people. Yeah. It's not my type of person. And that was the other part of the plan. 
we're not going to get stressed because yeah. we're only going to work with people that want to work with us. This is a relationship, relationship-based business. We're not just, it's not just transactional, it's relationship-based. And that was, that was the absolute key. And look at the mindset. I'm not stressed. I work short days, but I'm productive. I'm always there for my clients. Don't get me wrong. My phone's always on, my email's on. And that's, that was 24-7, seven days a week, whatever. Ring me when you need me. What you do find, um, Kirk, would, would you agree? Because I've got that same thing where technically I'm always switched on because if a customer needs me, they'll get me. But because you've kind of gone through that precursor in the beginning and because you're only onboarding clients that kind of get you, that you want to work with, clients that see your value and want to work with you, they don't feel the need to be on your case 24-7. They'll literally message you sporadically when it's needed or do you know what i mean it's not as if you're being grilled from all angles every waking moment because they trust you to get on with it because that's why they chose to pay you the fee they've agreed to right exactly and that and and, and that's that's the other thing if you walk into a house and bearing in mind we we ask we, we charge what our worth so for what you get for us you do pay for it and the reason we do that for two reasons one because we've, we've really got to sort of see our worth and two, to actually build wealth, you, you, you've got to, you've got to know your worth. It's, it's, it's just one of them sort of mindset things that I've got. Um, Can I just intervene there, Kirk? Sorry to interrupt me, but just because otherwise I forget to come back to this. You said you've got to charge your worth and that's just in me. You know, it's one of those mindset things that I've got. Why is it that so many agents struggle to charge their value? What is it? Why, why don't people, why do people fail to do that time and time again? So I've got notes next to me and one of the points that I wanted to get out was we're in the hybrid mentality. A lot of people that are coming on board with VXP have already done the mental shift in terms of self-employed. So we see a lot of XPB, a lot of XYOPA and other hybrids. So they've done the shift mentally to be a business owner. But the problem is Yopa PB, they had loads of money and they were doing your marketing, they were getting your leads. All you was doing is just attending the appointments and, and getting the listings and getting paid. So people are in this hybrid estate agency mentality in terms of fee. They, you imagine this, right? So you, well, we, you've worked for Yopa and PB, I've worked for, for Yopa. You go out, you get a thousand pound up front, you get 250 quid of that fee. So now you come to EXP, you go out, you sign the listing for a thousand pound, sorry, two thousand pound. You all, you get, you take seventy percent of that. So you're still well up in mentally. You're not on two hundred and fifty quid. You, you you're in the thousands per yeah. listing. Wow, we're winning. We're not winning. We're not winning because we were talking about before. You've got your VAT. You've got your taxes to pay. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. Advertising to pay for. So. Yes, it feels like you're winning, and you can go and we see people listing 15, 20 properties within the first two or three months. And I'm like, wow, these guys are going to smash it here. Look at this EXP table, they're, they're listing for fun. And then you see the figures, and I'm thinking, right, okay, so they've, they've done 15, how does that stack up? And they're still charging two or three grand fees, which is fine. And I understand you've got to get, you've got to get off the mark, but I think it's more important. <laughs> then 15 properties generating a 30 grand fee we would we would do that in two properties yeah so we, we average 15 we average a 15 grand fee a couple of ways of doing it obviously you you, you pretend percentage you're charging but also the property that you're taking on so we we said we'd never really take anything on under half a million 
we have done since look if you look at it, we have but in terms of sales i think i think we i think we generated a the, the six figure pipeline we've only i've got six seven eight sales seven or eight Something sales like that, mate. yeah yeah seven sales i think the workload's not even the workload is we're giving people 120 percent of our time we can go through our stock we can make adjustments we, we can work with the the vendors alongside we can actively take buyers that have been looking at this 650 property in Broughton Mills to another 650 property, which is identical in Broughton, which is only a mile away and physically take the buyers and Oh, Oh, actually, yeah, we lost that sale or we, we our offer wasn't accepted. We've got another, so we're, we're actively working everything. Everything's being worked. It's not just being stuck on and let's pray and hope for the best for a sale. So yeah, it's, it's can I ask very, you a question, mate? Did you the first time you went, the first time you went into a living room under this banner, let's say, because we've we've, we've spoke about your, your career pride previously. So you worked in a fixed fee model that wasn't open to your interpretation of what you're going to charge. You've worked for the auction guys again. You're in their framework. You worked for the corporate world again. You're within the remit of their framework. This time you've been given complete creative control to go ahead and design the finance of this business. You've just sat in front of your first amazing property at a beautiful big barn conversion in Cumbria somewhere that's worth 1.3 mil. You, you want to bring it on you're in the early stages the stock matters to you you need to get the content you need to get the listings you're sitting down the customer's saying so what's your fee you're turning around and now saying three percent was there a, was there a, a mental barrier for you did you say it and flinch did you did you feel as though you was kind of pushing it did you feel as though you'd get slapped in the face was you completely confident and happy to quote that in the moment did you have to build yourself up to it how did you first get to sit in there and say yep yeah, so it's three percent plus that <laughs> So the, the, it's an easy answer to the question. Part of our business plan as well was to take on the higher end properties that have been sat on the market for 12, 18, 24 months. So not only were we going in to try and throw, right, it's 3%, but we were, we were telling them that off the basis of their 1% agents not managed to get the job done. <laughs> we were telling them off the back of that that we were going to sell the house in four to six weeks which we were completely confident we were going to do because every property we analyzed we worked out down to the down to the fine numbers why it wasn't selling and you look at the average sale time our average sale time is what six to eight weeks on properties that have been sat on the market 12 to 18 months yeah so yeah it's impressive seeing a six-figure pipeline or and, and money coming in and all that other good stuff but the actual impressive thing, people in the local village are actually calling us the, 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 the magic agents because we're selling stuff that's been sat on the market for years. We're not magic, we're just listed, stick to the systems, we, we know the process, and we are relying on the other agents being poor. And that, yeah. that's it. You walk in and you say, right, it's 3%, and they say, you know what, if you can sell this house in six to eight weeks, I'll give you 10%. <laughs> that you you're working on that mentality and that's that's why it's confident confidence is there listing them fees because we're going to get the job done but if you want the job doing it, it's going to cost you um and people are happy and it's not like we're getting to the end of sales and people are going oh god that was expensive they're going you were worth every penny and that's the objective well, this is, this is the thing, mate, and I think sometimes as agents, we look at it too transaction-based, and by transaction, I mean, we think, well, how can I charge 3% when I know that he's charging 1%, he's not 0.75%, he's got a fixed fee of 995, how can I possibly justify that? But then it's kind of a case of, well, the customer, more often than not, 
especially if they've been through that education process of working with the agents who didn't put the effort in they promised and they've kind of numbed up to the fact they need to sell they've got this they've got this pain point in their life they've got this issue that they need taking off the shoulders and you're there to remedy that pain point don't underestimate what people will pay to remove this pain point out of their life you know and i think when you look at the more the emotion side what are we actually doing for this customer we're closing a chapter we're giving that financial relief we're allowing them to start that next journey in their life or whatever the plan is moving forward you, some, you can't put a price on that because you're literally transforming people's lives i know it sounds quite profound but when you break it down to what it really is from the customer's point of view i think why wouldn't they want to pay a sensible fee for that service you know but we don't see it like that this is the exact same reason this is the exact same reason why people are happy to pay us the fee that they pay and the reason that when another agent sticks a letter through the door they don't even flinch and they don't even pay interest and the reason is they are genuinely my friend so when the other agent sticks a letter through the door they don't go Okay, this other agent's doing it at 1% and they're, they're telling me they're going to sell it and they, they don't care, they'll let it go straight in the bin because there is only one agent, that's Kirk yeah. and that's their mentality we leave them in such a um, a state of mind of, of, of being completely satisfied with the service that we're giving them they don't have to think about it, anyone else and yeah, I look on, the, this is why social media frustrates me because yes, people have a lack of understanding, there's a lack of knowledge, and, and, and people don't really look into things as they should, but you see people complaining about the properties being poached by other agents. Oh, they're sending me letters, they've, they've stole my property. No, if you was doing the job right in the first place, and your customer was your friend and 100% happy with what you were doing, you wouldn't have lost that listing. Yeah. I know if someone goes and door knocks, any uh, any one of my clients, go and door knock and go and put a letter through the door. I, 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 anyone can do it. Even the XP agents do it. All you're going to get is, no, we've, we've got Kurt, we've got the only agent we need. And that's what we're creating. We are creating, forget about money, forget about um, the, the budget above the door, forget about your name, forget about all that. You've got to give your clients the best service that they, they, they couldn't expect. That's what it is. It comes down to the thing that we always say, mate. We always say we're a people business. It's a relationship business. Property yeah, but no just happens to be, but, but, yeah, exactly. But no one puts it into practice. But it really is that that kind of simple. And um, I think that's kind of what, just going back to kind of your story specifically and your journey, because as we've touched on a few times, you know, you've built from zero to a six figure pipeline. It's great. What you've done is you've come in and seen what a lot of people perceive as quite a complicated process with a lot of moving parts. You've just broke it down to those military style basics in terms of, well, actually, it's about service. It's about looking after people. It's about returning calls um, or, 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 or taking action when you said you would. It's about sending this many letters, knocking this many doors. You followed those steps to a T and broke it down into its most basic compartmentalized um, steps that you've kind of been able to action that and you've built the business that, that, that you have and i think sometimes as humans we're guilty of overcomplicating it the fee what we're worth the value what do we do can we sell this is imposter syndrome kicking in am i capable of listing those properties how do i get the valuation so well actually if you just take it down a level and you just stick to the basics and follow the steps it will happen it's as simple as that <laughs> and you're 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 breathing proof that that is the case yeah, it's I. It's funny. It's it's funny actually. But I I I love I love the social media side, especially when it's positive stuff, and I, I think it's great. I love watching the videos. 
But then I sometimes think to myself, yeah, you're going to get listings. Yeah, you're going to get coverage. But do you want to be famous or do you want to sell, help people sell the homes? Yeah, yeah. you can do both. But we've proven now, sat sort of up, right up at the top of EXP UK, that actually it's, the, it's, it's getting down and dirty. It's, it's making, making the, the, the decisions. It's, it's all about decision-making. It's all about not being scared. How many agents are scared to pick up the phone? We send out 100 letters and the phone starts going and you get 15 calls in that day and you're like, saying the same thing over and over again. Do you just switch your phone off and, and walk away and just leave the voice message to roll in or do you keep booking them appointments? That's the difference. That's the, that's the difference. Do you keep sending them letters? Do you keep going into the pub and speaking to people. Mate, and that, that, that comes back total 360 to what you said at the start, that you never know what you're capable of doing until your back is up against the wall, until you are in that flight or flight situation where it's kind of like, okay, do I continue? Do I take action? Do I embrace it? Do I charge at this head on? Or am I going to kind of, you know, peel away and take the easy route and just go and sit and watch Netflix for the rest of the evening? And it's kind of like you said at the start, only when you're in that situation do you realise how much or how little do you want it. Yeah, you've, you've, the other thing is education as well. You've got to, for me, I, I try and listen to two or three audio books a week, minimum. What would you recommend to anyone? I know we said about the 80 20, so outside of that, what? Uh, let, let's just narrow it down. That, let's give you top three. So we've got 80 20. What are the other two? 80 20 principle. I, I like the one you recommend that. Key, well, was it Key Person of Influence? That was oh, good. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, how yeah, to become no. a key person of influence. Yeah, that, that was a cracker because that, that really sort of highlights getting out into your community. Um, there's a book, the, the one, one I, I like, Real Estate Millionaire. Look, it's obviously by the guys on the inside. But do you know what? That, that book, if you, if you want to be, look, come on with VXP. This is the place to be. But if you want something that step-by-step guide how to get there, that book does it. Better it. guide. Yeah, it, it, it tells you the, the mentality, what you need to do, how you need to get there. So I like the book. At the end yeah, of the day, yeah. it doesn't matter who's by it. Mate, I, do, I, do, I, do, do you know what, mate? That pro- processes work. I say this, honestly, whether you're, this isn't a pitch at EXP, don't come to EXP if it's not for you, but whether you're at EXP, whether you're at KW, whether you're at Newman's, whether you're at any sort of variation of any agency on the planet, on the globe, whether you're completely by yourself or with an umbrella, you follow the, the steps and the process that you need to do. You be consistent more than anything. And you'll be successful. It's just about, have you got the grit about you to put those wheels in motion and, and stick those plans in action? Yeah. Um, obviously, go, go, yeah. So there's, there's that, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. That, that was an absolute cracking one. It's all the main ones. You know what? If you type into Google, uh, in, it, um, sort of, key books for business or what they'll all come up rich yeah. rich dad, poor dad um but you i you, couldn't get into that one i tried to i, I got that an audio book i just couldn't get into it maybe i need to give that one another go yeah it, to me to be honest it's his backstory and and the, it's funny actually we talk about our clients that we work with so i always talk about books and i always ref, i always put them onto books and they always hand me books or um i, I sold that ball hall do you remember the one you come up yeah, to see yeah, yeah. Mate, do you remember the library? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they filled my car. I left because they were moving. My car was just full of books. They literally just packed <laughs> it. It about 500 books, mate. Honestly, I brought them home and Brian's like, what the hell are you doing there? <laughs> got a bookshelf upstairs, start filling this bookshelf. She goes, are you actually going to read any of them? I said, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did they look good, though? <laughs> it looks apart. But that, that's the thing. And one of my clients I'm working with at the minute, she said to me, have you ever read the book, The Secret? And I'm, I'm, I'm not all about the spiritual stuff and, and, and all that. So I said, you know what, I'll give it a go and I'll listen to it. And she, yeah, honestly, I'd recommend anyone to read it, but stick with it. And the reason is you'll be able to pinpoint times in your life where you've wanted something that bad. You've, thought, you, 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 you've projected that image out and you've eventually got there. And you'll know what I mean. And, and The Secret's all about the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you want something enough and you visualize it and you you already believe you've got it, you'll get it. Yeah, you, you, I, I agree, mate. But the only the only issue I've got with that, and and I've kind of uh, I've, I've I've listened to it and, and read a bit of the secret as well, and and I do think it's an it's an amazing book, mate. Don't get me wrong, I really do. The issue that I've got with it is that I think sometimes people think that that's enough and they kind of it comes back to this thing about like the law of attraction without action is basically a distraction right because if you're you can visualize it and it, if you're not willing to put that hustle in and take the steps needed and follow we keep using this word but following those processes to get you there it ain't gonna fucking happen and i think sometimes people think oh i really want this this red ferrari i can imagine the leather trim and and, and the sports wheels yes it's yeah and it's like okay cool but if you're not gonna go and earn the six figures to buy it it's not going to happen so i do think it's a great book only if people take it in the context that they need to put the work in alongside it you know but you've got to take massive action exactly. you read any of these books and yes you've got to visualize it yes you can end up in the worst place ever how many millionaires lose the millions and make it again lose it and make it so you've got to visualize it but you've got to take massive action on top of that yeah. yes the book doesn't say that but I always like to, the two books I can like to merge are The Secret, because it talks about thinking about it, visualise it, and then uh, Grant Cardone's 10X, and then just slap that on the back of, of that, because he talks about 10X everything. So visualise it, but go and put the graft in. Yeah. Go and yeah. 10X it. That, that's the key. Believe you are the best. Believe you're unstoppable. Why, 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 why in all different types of sports and athletics, are there, is there always one person that, that stands out for the rest? The unstoppable. Tyson Fury, for instance, getting up after being knocked out. How? Because yeah. he knew, he knew deep down he, he couldn't lose. That's what woke him up. That's when your secret kicks in. Yeah. He had to put the training in. But what, what made that miracle? His visualisation, his thought process. He knew he wasn't going to. He got up. Yeah. That must How? be one in. I don't know what, I don't know what the stats are. Um, obviously, you say Bolt hitting, hitting uh, the breaking the record. And, and other people throughout history, um, footballers, and, and obviously you've got um, Maradona that's passed away, but the things he achieved, and it's all because they believed and they visualised it and they knew they knew they were going to be the best. They knew no one else could touch them. 
I um, think once you know and you treat like the outside noise almost becomes irrelevant and you've got that tunnel vision and that focus to make it happen, which is really what it's all about. That's that is the secret, right? Making sure that you've got that tunnel vision and you're gonna to get to where you need to be. Hundred percent, mate. It's that that's it. You you've got to take everything everyone um, perceives and, and looks at things differently. And that, that's the great thing about, about being human beings. But you've got to stop worrying about the trivial stuff. If you're healthy and you, 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 um, you're happy and, and you've got a roof over your head, you've got your family and kids, what more do you need? Do you need a Ferrari? I, I guarantee you, you get your Ferrari and within two weeks you'll be bored of it. 100%. Now, I said this to, to Beckett. So last month, I got my first uh, my first five-figure month in terms of my, be my best earning month since I've been at EXP over the last 12 months. And uh, I was like, right, so what are we going to get? What are we going to do? Like, I started looking at all these like fancy watches and thinking, yes, what are we going to spend it on? But then when it actually boils down to it, it's like, well, I've got a watch, it tells the time. I've got a car that takes me to, that takes me to my appointments and does what it needs to do. I'm not really bothered about what clothes that I'm wearing, as anyone who's ever seen my videos before will attest to. So it's like, what, what, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not for me. That that's when I truly realised, and this was only literally about four weeks ago, six weeks ago. That was when I realised actually what's important is I want to get to the point where if I'm driving down the road and the head gasket goes on my car and it's going to cost me two grand to fix, I want to be able to cover that without it meaning that I can't eat for the next six months. If my children need a new school uniform, a new PE kit, I want to make sure I've got enough money to cover it without it being an issue. And I want to be comfortable, essentially. For me, it's about fulfilment. It's about making a difference. It's about achieving those personal goals. The money is just a pretty cool byproduct. Yeah, exactly, man. That's, that's the thing. It's, it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's one of them, it's, would you, that, that's the difference, and, and people say, yeah, I wouldn't change, or whatever, but I'm sure, because we're actually earning, we're, we're actually really sort of working for it, and, and, and it's, it's not just coming to us, we're actually going out and, and, and bringing it in. It's a different mindset. I think if you won the lottery, or it was given to your inheritance, it'd be a lot easier to just go out and not have that care. Because you physically had graft for the last 12 months, you appreciate it. And that, that's the difference. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. I, 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 I don't know. I think too many people come into this game to chase money. Um, and the more you chase it, the less you're going to get of it. Yeah, yeah. No, you've I genuinely, agree. genuinely come in to do a good job. But are you hear people saying, "Oh, we want to help people and give back," and that that's great, yeah. And it, and it is, but it, it all comes down to self satisfaction as well. The reason you're helping people is to is to satisfy yeah. your own drive and your own need, which genuinely goes into helping people doesn't go into a state agency they just go into um trying to save the world or um going out to, to to different countries helping people obviously medically or whatever that's that's a calling that's a cause we're we're just sort of sat here um <laughs> doing doing what we do um yeah. well i think it's, it's, it's kind of like 
it kind of comes back to that, like chasing that money, really, if that's your motivation. For me, it's kind of like, and I keep taking this back, well, quite appropriately to your background, seeing as though you are on the podcast, Kurt. But it's kind of like that, you know, you said like when you're going through military training, you're not thinking about winning the war or, or saving lives as such. You're focusing on um, doing your workout without throwing up. Um, doing that two-mile run in the best time you can. You're focusing on making sure that you wind your uniform and you get all the creases out so you're not going to get bollocks. Um, that's kind of what you're focusing on day to day. But because you're doing that and you, you're forming those habits, that's what's going to allow you to go ahead and survive Afghanistan. Whereas in, in, in a property sense, you know, you might want to earn that get that six-figure pipeline, earn 100K in a year or buy that car or that watch or, or that house or whatever your goal is. But actually, you need to do your press-ups, do your soaps, do your run, iron your uniform. You need to do all those things every day to get you to that point. You know, That for us might be doing your direct mail, making your customer contact calls, doing your price reductions, looking after your clients, upskilling your social media, whatever it is. But you need to follow that to get to that end goal. Um, so on that note, maybe before we wrap up, obviously we've discussed in depth your history and your background and where it all started and how it's kind of come full circle and the reasons why you joined EXP. We've even spoke about um, the business you've built and the fact you've got to literally six figures in six months, which is absolutely outstanding. Going into 2021, so looking forward into next year, where do we go? What are the goals? What What's that next step look like for Kirk? Yeah, we, we've got to... I think the next step, we and we haven't touched on this much, but it's, it's also about people. And, and what I'm finding, we, we've got a great team in the background in terms of photographers. Uh, we've got a, a girl that does the 360 for me. We've got, obviously, Michael on the, on the video. And we're building this, this team of professionals behind us to allow, to allow the best possible outcome for the clients. So I, w- I want to build more on that. I want to build more on a team. I want to move more into mentoring. So I want to give people the, the knowledge I have and, and also the experience for them to hit the ground running and hit six figures or whatever their goals may be. Um, so I think that mentoring recruitment side going into next year is, is going to be a, a big focus. I think I want to look into... Um, possibly taking someone on that's that's uh, ex-military or or something like down that line that I can take on a mentor from scratch. So not a state agency background, but that I know has got the certain qualities that I have um, to be given the knowledge and, and go away and build build something great. And maybe they've left the army PTSD or, or for other circumstances or whatever it might be. But let's let's start giving giving back, and I think the biggest thing we can give at the minute is this knowledge, this this time frame. A lot of people argue, yeah, but you can give people as much knowledge as they want; they won't take it away, and they, they they'll just. But that's not true because look look what EXP look the people look at the people that EXP brought on over the, the last few months. So that's not true. There's people out there still that want to do better, that want to have their own thing, and beyond that, I can see. Obviously, with, with what's happening in the world in terms of people losing jobs and things, this industry might explode, like really explode. Into, you might see more people coming into it. Yeah, it's difficult to jump in at this stage, but let's start thinking about having a training course or a tra- sort of a process for people to start day one, week one. Because um, if, if, if anything, if anything, a fresh blank mind to a state agency can sometimes be better than the old school, old hat mindset. 
because they're not willing to adapt. And the, the, the main reason I do so well in the Lake District is because they're all old hat. They're all, they don't hit social media, they don't, um, they don't do video, they, they don't go and speak to people anymore. It's just one trend in the ways. This is how we did it 30 years ago. This is how we do it today. And that's why it's not effective. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that for me, I'd rather take someone I'm fresh minded that you can say, right, this is the process. This is how we do it. Believe in yourself. Estate agency, estate agents are cool. They're not corrupt and, and whatever. And you, you, you mold that person to, to, to believe just get out there and smash it. And that, yeah. That's what we need to do. I think I, I have this sort of grand, grandeur sort of, plan of having almost like a military style training or camp but for agents so fitness is involved um, video work learning how to run social media learning how to run a business and having this great big course that's my vision yeah i know it's mad crazy but look it's, it's it's very profound but by the same token if if when we spoke whenever when did we first speak mate like february march when we first started talking about exp if you'd have said oh cool mate i'm going to have over 100k in my pipeline by christmas i'd have been like cool mate <laughs> but yeah that, that would have sounded quite profound at the time but look where we are now and, and that's happened um so I don't see why not. And I think I think it's great what you say there because one thing that I hear a lot speaking to agents, you even said it yourself actually earlier on in the podcast, I kind of just fell into property. I, I came out of the military, I was looking for the next thing, just kind of stumbled into property because my mate had a business in Preston. Um, and it's the same for me. I stumbled, I came out of university, um, didn't, wasn't making money in sport. I thought, where can I make some more money? I'll go into, I'll go into sales and property was the first thing that came up on Google. Um, Whereas I think if we can start to transform those perceptions and not just that, but also empower the agent to earn more money the way that we are doing now at scale at EXP, I think that's going to be a magnet for bringing good people into the industry without people just doing it because they had nothing else to do or stumbling in it because they fell into it by accident or the mate had a business. If we can get to that point where people actually want to work in property and take advantage of the opportunities, that's where we've cracked it. We get good people in and that's where we really start to go a long way in transforming consumer perceptions of thinking and building a better industry for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And that, that, that's where it's got to start. It's all right bringing courses in and, and, and having, criteria to hit and things but i think it comes down to the basis it, you you've got to it, it, it's a certain type of person that we've got to find we, we've got to find that that mindset in people um and i look at, i see some great people out there younger and older people that i look at and think god you make a great agent maybe that's because i'm speaking to them on the phone the phone manner's great or um, you'll even be doing a valuation and they'll take you on a, like a, a perfect tour of the house. And you think, God, that'd be amazing. You'd yeah. be amazing at giving, at giving property tours, you know, but that's, that's how I see people. It's, and this is the, the brilliant, most, the most brilliant thing about this job is you're people, you, you with working with people constantly, different people. And you get to, it's almost like your own little science lab of, of, of recognizing and learning from, different people that you would never come in contact with if you worked an eight hour shift in an office yeah no monday to friday um and that's what we've got to take away from it that's that's why we've got to be thankful for that that opportunity to to meet and learn from amazing people especially when you start hitting the higher end of the market the million pound plus as you'll know now the people have have come from nothing a lot of them 
I, I've selling houses for people at the minute that, that went through World War II as children, um, through the Blitz and things, and you really get an understanding. Yeah. And you, you, you learn so much. You really uh, the, do. You, you really the opportunities do. come as well, because then you have the other end where these are high-end business people that are selling, you do a good job, they recognise what you're doing, then pass their friends onto you, or they might have other business opportunities in terms of property investments, this is what you've got to take from it. Don't just think about that six-figure pipeline. Think about everything else that you're going to get from Think about from it. it. Mate, it comes back to that word again, doesn't it? Relationships. That, 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 that's, yeah. what, that's what it boils down to. In its simplest form, it's relationships. Exactly. Um, but, Kirk, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the pod today, mate. I really appreciate your time. I think I took a bit more of it than what I was initially planning to. So I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your story. Um, for any agents out there who maybe are interested in learning more about you, asking you any questions, finding out more about EXP, um, where and how can they reach you? Your best option is to give me a call or um, get me on my, my Facebook. If you try LinkedIn or anything like that, I probably won't get back. <laughs> 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 so I've, I've got messages in there. I've got messages in there. And I, I am, I'm not ignoring people, but do you, do you know what? It's easy if you direct message me um, or phone me. I'm, I'm always, as you know, I think, what was the, what was, um, the girl's name that, that I spoke to the other day? Oh, Nikki. Yeah, yeah, she just gave me a ring out of Blue Bank. And I think I really talking. appreciate that, man. She got a lot of value from it as well. Cause I, I, I had a Zoom call with Nikki earlier in the week, um, just trying because you know, she's obviously due to launch just after Christmas. Um, yeah. And she was saying, like, oh, I just randomly ran Kirk and I got so much value from it. And he was telling me about what he's done and he's built such a great pipeline. So, mate, it's really appreciated on behalf of the network. It's good to get that information. So, so thank you for sharing. Even if people want a bit of, you know, just I'm a, I'm a very positive person, mate. And if you if you're lacking that positivity or you're feeling a bit down, give me a ring, and I'll I'll blast your ear, blast your ear off. And, and Uncle mate, Kirk. Yeah, Uncle Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> I've got five kids, mate. I learned, I've had to learn that. Haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, Kirk, once again, mate. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, mate. You're a gent. No problem, mate. Catch you soon, pal. Bye bye. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye bye.